Hello, Yogi. Welcome to my podcast. I'm Aiko, and on this show, we explore ways to put spiritual theory into sustainable practice. And here we are. It's Akadashi. Welcome again, Shamananda. Thank you. So we are now in chapter 14. Do you want to give a short recap of what we say last time about chapter 13? And maybe we didn't say the title of the chapter last time, did we? Yeah, the, the previous chapter uh, is called Deliberation on Matter and Spirit, or in Sanskrit, Prakriti Purusha Viveka Yoga. So it's to kind of going back to what we were introduced to in the second chapter, to separate matter from spirit. And here it's like a chapter dedicated entirely to that, whereas we got an, a brief introduction to it in the second chapter. So in chapter 13, the body and the world is talked about as a field, and the soul as the knower of the field, and God then as the knower of all fields. So just like I know my body, you know your body, but God knows all bodies. Mm. Yeah, so, so that introduced the this section of six chapters, the last six chapters of the Bhagavad Gita, that are... Like, like if you look at the titles of all those chapters, most of them are about like distingu- distinguishing things, analyzing things, putting things apart and analyzing and then for the purpose of putting them back together in a, in a more conscious way than the kind of jumble that they are in now in our consciousness. Mm. So briefly, maybe what we just said last time? We went through this beautiful list and we shared our thoughts about it. Yes, it was a list of kind of aspects of knowledge that are all kind of part of the, the culture of spiritual practice, but also in their more mature forms, they are fruits of spiritual practice. Mm. For example, like if, let's say humility is one of them. Then you need to be somewhat humble to practice, but you will become really humble as a result of your practice. Yeah, you can act humbly, but does mean you are humble, humble yet. Yes, but you need to kind of be, you know, like restrained and polite. And <laughs> yeah. Like that kind of, and also even just admitting that you can't be humble—that is also humbling. So it's uh, paradoxical in that sense. But one important point there was that of all those uh, items on the list, the, the most important was dedication to your consciousness source that is the essence of spiritual practice and that is what will uh, beget all those other qualities Mm, very nice so let's start with chapter 14 then how how the chapter like unfold what happens between krishna and arjuna yeah so so since we just went through this chapter of separating matter from a spirit talking about them as two completely different substances then also like in modern science this is discussed actually like in like when you in consciousness studies because you have their substance dualists which is people who who mean that consciousness and matter are, are two different substances but then the the difficult question is how can they relate to each other if they are two different things mm. And this, that is a very complex topic. And the Bhagavad Gita is answering this question by 
talk speaking of matter as having three main qualities which are like ropes that bind consciousness to it and um, these three qualities are they're called in sanskrit sattva rajas and tamas and this is uh, like i said in the last episode i, I got kind of excited about this because <laughs> it is something that you can that once you kind of get into it you start seeing it everywhere around you yeah kind of like when you learn a new word you will see that you will start seeing that word in, <laughs> in new places um but but this is like everything that you see around you is is ruled by these three qualities so and they can be spoken of in different orders like i just said sattva rajas and tamas if sattva is you can say for example maintenance clarity depending on like, like what level you're talking about it if it's in the men- on the mental level or in the physical level rajas is kind of energetic force and tamas is inertia or or physical mass so to talk about it in, in a very clear way at first you can just you can take rajas first usually it's the color red is used to to describe rajas so it's you can say it's creation and then you have sattva which is maintaining what is created but nothing lasts forever so tamas is when uh, what is created breaks down so if you if you look at the the hindu pantheon the, the hindu uh, gods then lord brahma is the creator of the universe and then vishnu maintains the universe and then at, at the end lord shiva uh, destroys the universe and then it starts over again so it goes in in creational uh, creation cycles so that that is like on the very macro level and then you go down to you can go down to just the smallest thing like a, a seed sprouting that is rajas it's growing the flower is growing and then you see that it grows to a certain point where it doesn't grow anymore but then it stays like that for for some time mm in that shape and then it starts to to wilt and wither away this uh, idea of cycle is a little bit maybe we mentioned this in some previous chapter i don't remember but in the west world there is a very much a linear way of thought like you you born you born you live you die end of the story but in asian culture not only indian culture like japanese culture which i know a little bit about it um and other asian culture and also actually south american cultures there is this cycle uh, way of thought where there is no beginning and no end after that there is a reborn and um, and this also kind of give an answer to the famous question was there the chicken first or the egg in a linear way you can never answer this question there is no way to answer this question but in a circular way then you don't even have the question it's really there so it's it's very thoughtful and i wanted to say this because when if you have 
if you was were born in a West country and always lived with this linear idea, it's hard to understand this circular idea of the gunas and other philosophy. Yes, but but there are of course ways to kind of help you understand it, and it's mm-hmm. fairly I mean, like one one simple way to look at it is the, the seasons. That's a very easy way to kind of get into circular thinking. Although, like, we may still kind of look at centuries and years as a kind of like a timeline. That's usually Mm -hmm. how, like, when we learn history, it's like a timeline. It goes from the 1800s to until now, for example, and what happened. Like, but but if you look at the the seasons, and and you just imagine them like like a cycle, it's it's I think it's a helpful tool to get get you into kind of circular consciousness that rather than linear yeah exactly because now all the world follows the solar calendar which has fixed date that we made we give but uh, like the spring doesn't follow the calendar the autumn i mean all the season they don't follow the calendar fully there's not like a specific beginning and end there is a shifting between the seasons. Sometimes it comes late. Sometimes it comes early. And there, there are also like, I'm not sure if Chinese, they still follow the lunar calendar, but they definitely uh, celebrate the lunar first of the year. And Indians also, they have both, like they have the Vedic calendar, which follows the lunar cyclical way of thought. And the solar, because it's kind of standardizing the whole world. But if you follow both, like we do, actually, you see the difference. And you you really start understanding the cyclic, the cyclic thoughts and how nature and everything actually is cyclical. Yes. And, and to connect this just to this terminology here that we're learning in this chapter of the gunas, then you can say, for example, that spring is rajas. Mm. That's when things starting starting to to bloom, and also it's a yeah like a very creative phase. And then you have the summer, which then can be sattva, and then things start to kind of break down in the autumn. You know, the leaves fall from the trees. Then in winter, you know, you have the more kind of deep deep tamas it's yeah. a, a time of rest yeah that also connect with the inner season that i'm teaching in in my website if anyone is interested we woman we all have all this season actually the energy of this season seasons coming into us during our menstrual cycle so within a month so it's very important following and understanding all these energies outside and inside of course Yes, yeah. This is this this connects here, like because we can talk about, like I said, this, the three gunas, the, the the ropes or the qualities of nature on, on a physical level, but, but then then there is the then there is also the like the energetic and 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 mental level, and what you describe now is kind of this it, coming very close to the mental level, like it, like the the kind of energies in the body the flows, the different flows of energy in the body, the, the ebb and the flow yeah. of energy in the body. So now, now, we can, now we can talk about 
awareness of that, that that is exactly what you're talking about being being aware yeah. of those awareness of the energy states of the body the cyclical flow and ebb of energy in the body to be aware of that is a, is a symptom of sattva and to be to be unaware of that would be tamasa which we, like we call destruction but but it, it doesn't always it doesn't mean like destruction like literally it just means non how you say non-creative yeah like for example if you have a plant at home and you don't know you the plants need sun and you need to water it but you really like the plant and it's super beautiful you are super happy and you put it maybe under a shelf but there's no sun and no water and everything then it's gonna die but um, you are like oh okay it's dying but if you know if you have knowledge if you know it needs sun and water then you're gonna water and put it maybe near a window and then the f- this plant will live longer and longer mm. right yeah exactly it's like like a loss of potential mm. um there's so much there that could come out but because of ignorance it's kind of either destroyed or just never never gets to kind of flourish, s- flourish. yeah so th- this can be uh, as our teacher has his kind of compared this philosophy of, of, of the gunas or the qualities of nature with what has been how it's been thought of in other ways of thinking like like Freud's philosophy for example he calls he talks about eros and thanatos so kind of the the drive to satisfy your desires and then, then there's also kind of a self-destructive for drive force also that kind of makes people try to forget themselves through drugs or um so freud talks about eros and thanatos this this drive to satisfy your desires versus this kind of drive to kind of not express yourself to kind of destroy yourself and forget yourself which like in the in the worst cases would lead to suicide or just just kind of living a like a lazy life like not really not really living, living but not living. Mm. Um, to kind of balance those those drives and uh, sublimate your desires, as Freud is teaching, that is kind of similar to this Bhagavad Gita's teaching of sattva. Mm. And and then then uh, it can also be compared to uh, yin and yang in Taoism, where the yin then is. Is kind of like the tamas, but in the, like only in the positive sense of tamas, because mm-hmm. of course tamas is positive also. Like sleeping, for example, is is tamas, but of course we need to sleep. Yeah. So it's sattva to sleep, even though it's tamas. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. So all the the gunas are always mixed. So it's a it's more about like what is predominant and what and on what level it's predominant, and then yang is like the the creative, so like the, the rajas and to to balance the two. Like yeah. you, like you see in the yin and yang sign, that is like sattva, when mm. there's you know just enough of both, and you see the the dot of tamas in the rajas and the dot of rajas in the tamas, mm. yeah. <laughs> um, and then yeah, so so to be sattvic, to have a sattvic mentality is to be aware of the influence uh, that these gunas have on your psyche like to kind of see when when like 
rajasic forces come into you and make you restless or to see mm. when tamasic forces come into you and, and make you kind of lazy so awareness yeah yeah so awareness is is a sign of sattva mm. and to kind of know how to deal with those forces when they come um because and it, it doesn't it doesn't mean to, to just suppress either of them it means to kind of regulate them yeah uh, like laziness may come may just mean, mean you need rest but laziness can also be to be fear so that you don't, you don't actually dare to live your your life your life yeah, yeah. So, so so yeah to deal with them I, I i've sometimes thought about it as the tamas like the the, the um, this mode of ignorance and lethargy it needs to be invaded by rajas like you can invade tamas with rajas mm. but then rajas the passion it needs to be harnessed by sattva to not just go wild and then sattva finally needs to be channeled towards spiritual practice because sattva is not the end goal it is just kind of the, the platform so that you can pre- you can do actual spiritual practice yeah. so this this is something that, that the, the gita is teaching that that life is not just about being peaceful and uh, and and not being dragged down by the these lower qualities but it's actually also to reach somewhere. So sometimes sattva is called like the airport. Like mm. now you have come to the airport, but the goal of life is not to be at the airport, but to, to fly somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's very nice. So how how in this chapter, like Krishna explains this to Arjuna? Oh, he gives many examples because you can, uh, like I said, you can see these uh, these gunas everywhere. So he talks about them like in the form of food. For example, he talks about sweet and fatty foods as sattva. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, this may this may sound strange to us, but uh, like this was spoken in a time when... When there were no white sugar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> things were not like refined and saturated yeah. and, <laughs> and yeah. all that. So, so like sweet things meant like, you know, like fruits and yeah. um, let's say an avocado. That's like... A mango. Yeah, an avocado. Yeah, I was thinking that the avocado also has the fat. Mm-hmm. But yeah, an avocado and a mango. Then you have like a really sattvic meal, mm-hmm. <laughs> you could say. And then rajas, you can you can kind of imagine like the passionate, like the uh, chili or yeah. <laughs> uh, like you know like hot things that usually chocolate if it's used in abundance also. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, also, that is one thing, like, you have the food, foods in themselves, but then you also have, if they're eaten in abundance, even if it's sattvic, like, um, of course, then... Uh, yeah, if you eat 20 avocados, yeah. it becomes tamas immediately. Tamas. Yeah, exactly. So, so, you, so you have, like, the qualities of the foods in themselves, but then you also have the, the quality of how you eat them, how you deal with them. Mm. So then, like, tamasic foods is, like, foods that have kind of gone a little old... Mm. And kind of stinky, and <laughs> so, so you see, like it's the the kind of destruction element is there. <laughs> yeah, and of course they influence us a lot because if the digestion starts going wrong, then uh, you become foggy, tired. You don't want to do your work, and uh, of course, like it's it's all awareness to being aware of what is happening what you're eating and of course without like 
uh, paranoia or something, you know, but just be aware. I want to, like, take care of myself. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, this is beautiful, extraordinarily common sense. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that usually common sense is not that common, unfortunately. Uncommon sense. (laughs) (laughs) And... uh, there is actually there is a nice story uh, illustrating the, the three gunas to to kind of give you a sense of because sometimes stories is, is like it's like a better way uh, than like technical explanations. Mm-hmm. So there is the story of a man who is who is out walking in the forest and then he's uh, three robbers jump on him and uh, takes everything from him. So that is that is like uh, illustrates material il- illusion taking taking away everything from us. Like, for example, as a soul, we are naturally like immortal and aware and happy and peaceful. Mm. But as soon as we come into material illusion, then we are, you know, we are afraid. Yeah. Uh, we we think we're gonna die. We're unhappy all these things. So that material illusion takes everything from us. And material illusion has these three aspects, which are the three gunas, mm. sattva, raja, tama. But they are they are they are different also. Like the, the these aspects are show kind of different faces of nature. The first one is really all three are thieves, robbers. Yeah, as in the story. They mm. jump on you and they take everything away from you. Mm. But the first one, the first robber, he says, okay, l- let's just kill him. Mm. So that is tamaguna. Yeah. Destruction, uh, inertia, uh, ignorance, darkness. Mm. Then uh, the second one, rajas, cre- uh, this kind of passionate uh, he says, "No, like, like, uh, let's not kill him, but let's just tie him up to a tree. We bind him, mm-hmm. and, and 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 let's just like leave him here, to, leave him here to, to die. But we don't kill him directly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then all the three of them go away. But then after a while, the third one comes back, and and unties." And unties the ropes because he, he, you know, he feel, feels a little, he feels a little bad. Mm. So that's the satvagona. Mm-hmm. So still, they they still took all your things, mm-hmm. <laughs> but but at, but at least the third one comes back and unties you. Mm-hmm. But then you by yourself have to kind of find your way back and, and kind of build a new life for yourself, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like on the, um, I say on the on the spiritual side, mm-hmm. which is kind of the, the the purpose of this story is like. Yeah, find your path, your way, yeah. without attachments to the material things. Yes. Yeah, this, just because you say the rope, just remind me that uh, gunas means rope. And our teacher is saying that it's the rope that ties up the soul, the matter, and the energy. Yes, yeah, exactly. So so, so even the sattva is, is binding you, mm-hmm. but it... But it and, it can also kind of help to unbind you, but it won't do everything on you for you on the spiritual side because it is still a, a part of material nature, which is not what you are. You are spiritual nature. Yeah, but of course we need all this energy yes. in order to survive 
we need to sleep, we need to eat, and all these energies are here, but we can use them to serve our higher purpose of spiritual goal. Yes, exactly. This is the, the purpose of this chapter. Mm. And, and the chapter ends by, by Krishna saying that he is the, the foundation of, of the world. Like he is the, the source of the material energy. Mm. But uh, as he said in the seventh chapter, it's this energy, because it, is, it comes from him, like it, it is there for the kind of, the kind of how you say, uh, keep you engaged until, you're, until you become interested in, in, mm. in, your, in your spiritual side. <laughs> so, um, but it is it, it is his energy. So that means it's very powerful. So it's not it's not something you can kind of overcome by yourself. But if you turn towards towards the source, so he is uh, Krishna here who is speaking. Also, he is our source, and he is the source of the world. Mm. So we are in inherently we are superior to material nature, but still we are under the illusion of material nature. Mm. But but Krishna, if we we turn towards him in like in our spiritual practice, he can easily lift us from from material nature. But of course, we will also be kept here because the material world. When you turn to spiritual practice, it doesn't mean that you will just kind of pop out of the material world. Yeah. But the material world will be serving. Will be will be serving. It will be a, yeah. a school. So you will learn a lot about spiritual, uh, about spirituality from the material world. You will see everything in terms of your spiritual practice, and as our one of our grand teachers said, uh, matter is the dictionary of spirit. Mm. So you, so you like from what you see here, you can learn about the spiritual world, but you, you won't. Still, it is not the spiritual world, <laughs> but, yeah. but you're learning, from, you know, about it from it. So, yeah. So, do you want to say something about uh, the next chapter? So, the next chapter is called Purushottam Yoga, and uh, it is it is about this. What we, what we have said here is it it is about turning to our source. Purushottama is the the supreme person because we are all persons, spirit, um, particles of spirit that is of a superior quality to matter, but we are not. We are still under the sway of matter. So Purushottam Yoga, the, to connect with the supreme person who is never under that sway. That is how. I mean, it, it kind of goes without saying. If you t if you turn to to your source, you turn to your source. That's <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's not like you're turning to your source just to be come out of matter, but to really fully unite with your source, you need to come out of matter. But it's it's uh, it happens simply first by turning, and then gradually you you fully realize your relationship with your source. Thank you. So see you next Ekadasi. Thank you so much. Yes. I hope this episode fulfilled its purpose of inspiring you. If you like it, feel free to share it, give a review or a rating, subscribe. And if you have any question, please get in touch at aikoota.com.